Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So, maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Jolenta. Yes, Kristen. We get lots of listener questions every single day that we just can't get to during our regular season. Yep, it is a sad but very true fact. But... Luckily, we've got our Ask Us Anything episode so we can answer some of those burning questions that have piled up over the season. Well, let's get to them, shall we? Because I'm Jalenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. And this is By the Book. That's right. It is time for another By the Book bonus episode. It is our little between season treat for your ears. And today, it is all about the most burning questions that you, our listeners, want answers to. And if a bonus episode every other week is not enough for you, we know it's not for a lot of you, please consider joining our amazing Patreon community, where you can receive a weekly affirmation mini-sode every Tuesday and the full written rules of a book we've lived by every Friday in exchange for a small monthly donation. You can join by going to patreon.com slash listen to buy the book, or just follow the link in the episode description. Okie doke. All right. Let us get this Ask Us Anything episode underway. 
let's get to these questions. And let's start with questions about by the book, about living by these books and the self-help world. Yes. Rebecca says, it seems you made some unusual book choices to fit the celebrity theme of season eight, along with some clear choices like Dolly Parton's book. How did you two choose the books you lived by? And did you find it more or less challenging to work with these celebrity books in your two-week format than books you've lived by in the past? Very good question. I think we made some unusual choices because we still wanted to hit sort of a variety of self-help subjects. And a lot of celebrity self-help books are sort of along the lines of Amber Rose's, you know, How to Be a Bad Bitch, about like, here's my biography slash like how to go against the grain, because like that's what most celebrities have done. Um, So we tried to make sure we got like marriage advice or, you know, a few other arenas. Yeah. Um, Initially, our list, we ended up having to throw out half the books because our initial list that we put together We had all these other people on the list with books that we thought would be funny, like Dr. Laura Schlesinger's book, for example. Um, We we had a lot of books that we thought would be um, hilarious and provide comedic possibilities, but they really were kind of all the same. So yeah, I, I would say, though, to answer the second part of your question, Rebecca, were these books any easier or harder to live by? I would say they were harder initially because we would read the book, and then toss it out and have to find a new book. (laughs) So it was like twice as much work to find books that were different. (laughs) And especially, I have to jump in. I have to jump in and say, especially probably harder for Kristen, because she wrote all the rules for basically every episode this season, because I have been sick, and Kristen has been picking up the slack. And it's also a little harder to distill these rules, because... They're all, you know, borderline biography with, like, hints of advice thrown in, but, you know, put in the self-help category to make sure they sell. So, you know, it (laughs) takes a lot of work to make sure you distill, like, hard and fast rules. And that is all Kristen, and it was more work, and she is a beautiful champion, and thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But once we settled on the books and made sure we had enough of variety, you know, I don't think it was any easier or harder to live by these books than any other books we've ever lived by. If anything, it was probably easier because at that point, (laughs) we had spent so much time selecting books, throwing them out, selecting them, and throwing them out this season that if anything, it was easier because we really were discriminating by the end and Mm -hmm. we chose books that we could actually follow the steps and so on. True. All right, let's move on. Kate has a question. Kate says, I've noticed a major divide on the By the Book Facebook community between people who take the self-help aspect of your show very seriously and those who enjoy your show for your friendship, comedy, and vulnerability. Those who listen for the self-help have expressed a lot of disappointment the past two seasons because they think home improvement books and celebrity self-help books don't fit the bill. The rest of us have enjoyed seeing you take the show to new places, especially in the midst of a pandemic. I'm wondering, when making the show, do you try to keep both camps in mind, or do you try to cater to one more than the other? Jolenta, do you think it's okay if I reveal a deep, dark secret about our show? Reveal it. Our show was never about the self-help books. The self-help books are a lens through which we do storytelling, and in the words of a former producer we used to work with, Jolenta and Kristen host an intersectional, radical feminist podcast 
that is disguised as a comedy reality show. And some people do the same sort of thing, but they do it through the lens of looking at fashion. Some people do it through the lens of looking at TV recaps. And Jolenta and Kristen, it was never about the self-help. Is that okay for me to say, Jolenta? Or is that oh, totally? I, am I revealing too much of the of the secret of the show? Is that okay? No, no, because I was going to say that's like by far our major through line. But there is a hint of taking the self help aspect very seriously because that is how we explore these topics we want to explore and how we share our stories. So you know, there is an element of having to sort of give in to that self help. And I love that the element of taking it incredibly seriously has brought in uh, listeners that I never expected who also take Mm -hmm. it super seriously. So it's been sort of an added bonus of like, oh, my gosh, there's this whole other portion of listeners that we can now think about and interact with that I wasn't expecting who are like, yes, I'm here to take it as seriously as you do. Mm -hmm. So – Kate, I don't know if that really answers your question or not. Mm-hmm. We really do want to, you know. It's a yes and ob- no. <laughs> yeah. We obviously want to make everybody happy. We want to reach all the people who we can reach. Um, but we also know, despite that, we can't make everyone happy. None of us can make everyone happy. Not even the wonderful Jolenta who makes 99% of people happy. But we can't so make hard. everyone happy. <laughs> 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 Let's move on to this letter from Marla. Marla says, Putting aside the two-week time frame, are there any books you would love or hate to do that would require a longer time frame? A few people from the Buy the Book community actually started a subgroup and worked through the 12 weeks of The Artist's Way in 2020 over Zoom. Occasionally, we wonder what your thoughts would be on that one in particular. Personally, Marla, from the inception of Buy the Book, I'd always like secretly wanted to do like just a season of The Artist's Way, and that's all we do. So we can like actually do it in the the time that is prescribed because I have – yes, I've skimmed the book, but I've never like tried to live by it. But the people I know who have are all people I like really love and respect. So I would really want see what it's like. And that is the only book that really jumps out to me as one I would want to spend more time with off the top of my head. Yeah, I have a lot of friends who I respect also who've done The Artist's Way who have said it was really life-changing for them, even just the morning pages portion. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Two of our former producers, for example, right. both Cameron and Nora were big fans of The Artist's Way. And so- We'll get um, back just, to you on whether or not Brandon is a fan. Yes, Brandon, we'll find out. But um, those other two um, who we love very much, they love the artist way also. So um, that might be interesting to live by. As far as living by any other books, um, we love Gretchen Rubin to death. And her book, The Happiness Project, goes an entire year, uh, which might be fun to do. But we also have a rule that we won't live by books that our friends have written because we don't want to be biased. Just because I love Gretchen, I don't want to, you know, say something that might be because I love her rather than, you know, because I'm reading the book critically. Yeah, that too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next question is from Ashley, who says, On the epilogue episodes, I appreciate you giving space and airtime for pro-book and anti-book views, and I appreciate that you offer apologies for accidentally offending a listener, and that you so often say, you know what, we are not experts, this was just our experience with it, and this is how the book presented the subject. That being said, I feel like you two also apologize when the other party did not fully respect your stance or view, and I don't feel that you should have to. And I wonder, 
Do you too also feel this way sometimes? Why do you choose to give that kind of feedback airtime? Ashley, you are not the only person who has thoughts about how much we apologize and how we apologize. We get people on both sides of the fence on this all the time. People who say that we don't apologize well enough, that we're too defensive, that we try to explain away. We're not too defensive. What are you talking about? (laughs) Sorry, that's literally the joke I pull every time my therapist says the word defensive. (laughs) Um, But there are definitely people who feel that we are lacking when it comes to apologizing sincerely, fully, and that we are oftentimes, you know, that not the best model of how an apology should be. So, Ashley, there are definitely people who disagree with you. And we also receive a lot of letters like yours. And to answer your question, why do we give airtime to people who, you know, maybe uh, are insulted by how we live our lives or feel that we're personally attacking them because we did something in our own lives? Um, Why do we include those viewpoints? Well, partly because we think it's important to show the wide variety of uh, people out there and what they're feeling and the passions people feel for certain books and so on and for certain authors. And Jolenta and I may live by a book this way because that's how we interpreted the rules. And somebody who wrote to us who feels personally offended by us – by the way, you should not be personally offended by me and Jolenta. Anybody out there listening, me choosing not to shampoo my hair is not putting down people – who do or don't shampoo their hair. Just just a note about that. But, um, you know, if we're causing offense, um, that is maybe getting to something that's bigger that a lot of people who are listening also feel. And we want to give airtime to that because Jolent and I are only two people. There are millions of people listening to this show who are a different sexual orientation, a different race, a different age, who are single or who are widowed or who are children or who are empty nesters. And we want to make sure that we have representation that's not ours. And maybe we did accidentally hurt somebody because of something that has nothing to do with them. Or maybe we did because we had blind spots and weren't paying attention. So yeah. And again, it's all to try to reiterate, Jolent and I are just two people. There's a whole other world of people out there. Yeah, exactly. Like, we like sharing our stories, but we feel like in sharing feedback that conflicts with our points of view and, you know, sometimes is disappointed in us, we're also able to share stories of other people and amplify views that maybe don't get heard a ton. Also, we've realized that some Areas of self-help are very, very cherished by people. And we've Mm -hmm. learned, like, belief systems are real. And, like, if we sort of rub up against someone's and say we don't like meditation, like, we hit real nerves. And so, like, why not honor that? Yeah. So mostly, I guess, we don't feel like we apologize too much. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on. Yes. Let's read this letter from Hannah. Hannah says, How do you feel about the fact that there are so many copycat podcasts of Buy the Book now? Most of them copy your format almost exactly, and some of them even use the same terminology as you, calling their follow-up episodes epilogues, for example. Are you flattered? Irritated? Do any of these shows ever ask you for permission? No, they never ask. (laughs) They never ask. Usually someone will email us being like, whoa, you see this one launching? Like, look at their cover art or like, look at the epilogue part. Or like, it's two women who live in a city. One is, yeah, one is short and one is tall. 
<laughs> um, at first, I'm always like panicked and like, everyone's coming for my job. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, chill, chill. <laughs> um, then I get flattered. And I'm like, look, we have a fun thing going. Other people want to do it. They're going to experience things differently from us. Like, there's room for everyone to express themselves and tell their stories. And usually when I actually, like, listen to the podcast, they have a lot of differences that soothe me. (laughs) I, I would say some of those differences are, unfortunately, a lot of the copycats have no race diversity, for example. It's like, oh, it's two white ladies. And like Mm -hmm. I said, one's short and one's tall. And unfortunately, most of the copycats, um, that's one of the things I've noticed most is Mm -hmm. um, that in particular really rubs me the wrong way. And I'd also say that with some of the copycats, I've said it before, I'll say it again, I just don't feel comfortable with what they're doing because a lot of them are experimenting on their own kids. Like, I'm trying this parenting guide this month, and then they do a different one the next month. And those ones, I I just feel really bad for the kids in those ones. It's the classic reality show, do you put your kid on camera dilemma. Yeah, it just it makes me uncomfortable, and I know there's a lot of debate about this. Some people are like, oh, kids love being on a show, and I'm not hurting them. Um, I'm not hurting my kids any more than Jolenta, you and Kristen are hurting your husbands. It's fine. But, you know, so that's how I feel about the kids thing. I know other people disagree with me on the kids thing. And then whatever you want to do, I I do agree with you, Jolenta, that there's room for everybody to do different things. But I would really encourage folks out there who want to copy by the book to do your best to make it your own show and yeah, you don't need to call your follow-up episodes epilogues like us. We were really to... proud when Kristen thought of that. I didn't even think of it. It was Odelia, my old coworker. <gasps> oh, well, yeah. I thought you thought of it. It blew no. my mind when it was presented to me. Sorry, Odelia. Yeah, but I just, yeah, if you can, I know all of you out there who want to make a copy of Buy the Book are creative enough to do something different that maybe mm-hmm. is inspired by Buy the Book, but you don't have to copy us verbatim. You don't have to do that. All right. Becca has a question. Oh, this is a fun one. How many trinkets have you collected because of the show? I'm thinking like Jolenta's Cauldron or her copy of The Joy of Sex that she uses as a coffee table book. Mm. Not a ton. Jolenta, what other things do you have? I have mostly books, like hard copies of the ones mm-hmm. that don't like drive me insane or that we haven't given away at live shows. Otherwise, I feel like my trinkets are mostly small. They're mostly like, I feel like I notice a lot of home improvement things around the house more than trinkets, like like things I've moved or the stuff I did in the bathroom shelf like a few seasons <laughs> ago. Those are the things I notice the most. I also have my, uh, we had the vagina eggs that we used for a live show. And oh, I yeah. have that sort of like hidden in a pile of crystals. So you can't really tell what it is. <laughs> um, like, and every time I walk past that little display, I like chuckle to myself. But mostly it's like things that can fit on shelves or like home improvements. Well, for me, I did end up buying a plant, you may recall, when we were living by the new plant parent. And that plant, the peace lily, is thriving. It is doing so well right now. It's huge. It's probably like mm. three feet tall now. It's, wow. it's looking so bushy, so happy. It's a very happy plant. Uh, I also have pajamas, which I can't remember what book we were living by, if it was the life-changing magic of tidying up or if it was the curated closet. But 
it said something about having an item, like rather than like to be more deliberate about certain items that mm, you have. Mm-hmm. And one of them was like, have pajamas that you actually sleep in. Don't have a bunch of crap that's just like, you know, crap that like, like oh, I guess I'll sleep in this today. Like in between stuff you used to wear in a rag. Yes, exactly. So I did buy pajamas, one set of winter pajamas and one set of summer pajamas. And I still wear them. And it's been many, many years now. Yeah. So I have those pajamas. And most other things I gave away. I remember the candles that we bought very, very early on in different colors for, I forgot what book it was, The Secret or something. And I think I bought uh, candles in eight different colors to channel different powers. And I gave those to Lindsay, our former producer of We Love You and So Can Mm -hmm. You, because she's a candle nut. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she loves some candles. So I gave her those candles. And then, yeah, that's about it. I don't keep a lot of trinkets, as we all know now. She hates, um, uh, like, amassing things. Kristen does more than I do. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't like too much clutter. Um, I do have my dolly mementos and my royal wedding mementos, but most of those aren't because (laughs) of by the book. But those aren't clutter. Yes. (laughs) They're not clutter. They're life enhancers. Oh, we actually have a dolly question, sort (gasps) of. Dolly adjacent. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Let me read it. This question is from Diane. Diane says, other than Dolly Parton, who is the one celebrity author from this past season that you'd want to go to Dollywood with? First of all, Diane, this question's fabulous. I'm assuming Dolly will already be there. Of course she will. She'll be greeting us at the front gate, giving us a big hug, Mm -hmm. telling us that we're her little butterflies. Yes, that's what's going to happen. Perfect, perfect. Um, I know who I would choose to go with. I would choose Robin Roberts. Oh. Here's why. Robin, she is such a chatty Kathy, and so am I. I think she would talk to everybody else who's online to get on the rides with us, um, and she would be really fun. She also, in her book, makes clear that she loves food, and the restaurants in Dollywood are so freaking yummy. There is so much good food there. I think when I was there for my honeymoon with Dean, we ate <laughs> like four meals a day in that theme park because all the restaurants wow. are so good. I didn't know that. Oh, my gosh. So good. So good. So yeah, I, I feel like Robin would not hold back. We would mm. go to all the restaurants. We would, like, compare the biscuits and gravy in this one place to the country ham and string beans in this place. And then we would um, stand in line over here to ride the bumper cars and talk to everybody around us. I feel like we'd have a good time. She just seems like a fun She fun does person. seem like a good time, like a good person yeah. to go to a theme park with. But what about you, Jolenta? Who would you go to Dollywood with? I would bring Margaret Cho. Because I just feel like she is a good fucking time Um, and like just a little less wholesome than Robin Roberts. So you never you never know what what you're going to get into or find like if you're with Margaret Cho. Oh, yeah. I bet she would be a really good time. too. she She could totally appreciate all of the insane camp that I assume is at Dollywood. Oh, it's some people might call it camp. Some people might just call it a love letter to what matters in life. Yeah. Wow. 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 Profound. Let's move on. (laughs) Yes. Here's a letter from Dana. Dana says, I loved your Buy the Book spinoff show, We Love You and So Can You, and was sad when you had to end it due to COVID. Do you two think you'll ever bring it back or maybe do another Buy the Book spinoff show together? Mm, yeah, I was bummed that we had to stop it. It was a bummer to do our, our last follow-ups and everyone was like, well, I'm in lockdown, so I'm not doing well. Um, I don't know if we'll ever bring it back, but I definitely think that like there will be some sort of spin-off someday. 
admit it, Joel Lenta, there's definitely going to be a spinoff. We can't, we can't announce it yet, though. Right. But, like, spinoffs will happen. Yes. Things um, will be spinning. Yes. Trust us. Sometime in the next six months or so, we'll make a big announcement. Just when keep it- your spin door open. Yes. <laughs> we can't say yet, but it is, yeah, it is something that I think that everyone out there is going to enjoy. <laughs> oh my gosh, stop giggling. You're like my I'm mom with a secret. For it. I'm Let's so take a break. For it. <laughs> you need to calm down. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to answer some questions that have nothing to do with buy that book. They're, they're the wild card cues. Stick around. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. We are back with more listener questions from all of you out there. And wow, we have a grab bag of wacky questions. Uh, None of them have to do with buy the book. They're just questions for us. So, Jolenta, let's start with this one from Toledo Lefty, who says, Jolenta, I would be interested in knowing more about how you were finally diagnosed with lupus and how long you've actually had it. I totally understand if this is too personal to talk about, though. Oh, yeah, not not personal, not too personal at all. Um, I'd say, like, two and a half years ago, I started having some, like, skin rash issues. Kristen, you'll remember. First, I thought I had an infected bug bite on an eyebrow. That was back before we were even at Stitcher. Um, And so I just kept having, like, uh, skin issues, and I ended up at a dermatologist, and it was like, possibly I have an allergy and, you know, perioral dermatitis, which is just like face rash. Um, mm-hmm. But all of the treatments weren't helping, and it kept getting worse, and it was spreading to other areas of my body, um, like on my hands and knees, and I was just starting to be in more and more pain and more tired, and I literally saw a commercial for psoriatic arthritis medicine and I started looking that up and I was like wait rashes and pain in joints and like shortness of breath interesting maybe I have psoriatic arthritis my father has rheumatoid arthritis so there is a a history of Mm -hmm. autoimmune diseases and I went to my regular doctor and I asked her about it and showed her like some pictures of my face rash. And she was like, oh, damn. Yeah, let's get you to a uh, rheumatologist and see what they think. And I went to my rheumatologist and she looked at my rash and she's like, I don't think it's uh, psoriatic arthritis, but 
it looks, but like my money's on lupus. We did every sort of blood test and like pee in a cup you do when you go to a rheumatologist and like basically everything came back pointing to lupus. But that mm. took about a year in total to sort of get that all figured out. Now, question, Jolenta, does it actually say lupus or does it say we've eliminated all other things that could be? How, right. how exactly do they? For like- me, it uh, I, I tested positive for something called lupus antibodies, which apparently oh, okay. usually you test positive for. You, you can test negative for it and have lupus. I okay. also had uh, the right like ANA, which is part of a blood thing. I don't even know. But my ANA numbers also indicated lupus. And, like, it's based on, like, a number of symptoms that you sort of check off. And most of mine matched lupus. So that's where we are. Got it. I was just curious because I know some people who've had lupus who didn't actually get, like, the uh, the what are they called? Antibodies that say right. lupus. Right. You don't – that – you don't always have those. Those, like, doesn't matter if you have them or not. If you have a lot of other symptoms, like, you still have lupus. Yeah. But anyway, that's what happened. And it took forever. It did. It really did. <laughs> Kristen knows. Every time I'd be like, I'm just going to the doctors again. It's going to be fixed now. And I was like, no one knows. <laughs> um, but let's stop talking about my health. Let's talk about you, Kristen. Heather has this question, which is, Kristen, you mentioned in an epilogue episode this season that, like Jolenta, you also have an autoimmune illness. Would you be willing to tell us more about it? Yeah, you sort of dropped that in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I can't even remember why I dropped it in, but it was just something nonchalant because at this point, my uh, autoimmune illness is so well under control that it's not all consuming. It's not what I'm thinking about all the time, but it was at one point. So I have something called lichen and lichen, uh, I had symptoms for almost six years before doctors properly diagnosed me. And so it was six years of very, very, very itchy labia, sometimes cracking, sometimes bleeding, Ugh, uh, kind of like having psoriasis on my labia. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was misdiagnosed many, many times. I was given a lot of different tests, uh, presumptions that it was a yeast infection, presumptions it was STIs. And I'm like, no, I've had yeast infections. I, I've had STIs. These are not STIs or yeast infections, which, by the way, there's no shame if anyone's going to jump in now and say, like, gross STIs, no, most people have had STIs. Be nice about it. So I'm like, that's not what's going on here. And I went to doctor after doctor. Um, I went to gynecologists, uh, many different gynecologists who said, no, we'll test you again for a yeast infection. <laughs> I got tested every, like, for months for yeast infections and STIs. Anywho, eventually I went to a doctor and said, could it be lichen? I've been doing research mm. on what this could be. And the doctor said, no, you're way too young. Lichen only affects uh, menopausal women. And and they're like, you're like 20 years too young for this at least. And, and then I went to another doctor and another one. And then finally a doctor just was like, we're kind of sick of you coming back every few months and complaining about this. It's been years now. Why don't you just go to uh, this genital dermatologist and I went to her and snap immediately. She said, you have lichen and we're going to put you on clobetasol. This is an ointment that you're going to use twice a day in the beginning. And then uh, gradually, hopefully, you'll be able to use it more like twice a week. And it was a fucking life changer. It was 
It's just like, I mean, I got to say, as somebody who's had lots of other challenges in life as far as like, like I said, yeast infections and STIs, Mm -hmm. like in those cases, I was diagnosed and then I was given treatment. But to go six years without anyone taking me seriously fucking sucked. And I would say to anybody else out there, try to be persistent. I definitely had periods where I would just- following your hunches too. Yeah. I I, I would say for me, there were moments of just like despair where I gave up for many months at a time where I'm like, I'm not going to mention this to the doctor anymore. I'm tired of it. And then I would mention it to the doctor again and just be turned down. But just because doctors, you know, can't diagnose it right away doesn't mean they won't eventually. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you just need another doctor. And just because you're, quote, too young for something doesn't actually mean you're too young for something. Uh, I've since found out that a lot of people have lichen who are not menopausal. It's it's actually way more common than any doctor. No one has heard about it until they have it. Yeah, no one talks about it. But uh, so that's my autoimmune illness. And just as a side note, Dean also has autoimmune illnesses and he is so sympathetic to it. And having a partner who understands has like made a world of difference for me. So thank you to Dean also for being a supportive partner there. All right. Next question is from Julia, who says, Where do you want to travel when that is a thing again? I want to go to San Francisco. That's I just want to like go see like my sister-in-law is there and I used to live there and I just want to go to another city. <laughs> I want to go to so many places. We have tickets that we bought to New Zealand for Christmas time and we'll see if they let us in or not. Um, mm. Right now they're being very strict about who they're letting in the country for good reason. They've done such a great job of handling the virus that I can imagine they don't want filthy Americans in there. We have not done as good a job as they have. So, we, But we already have plane tickets bought for New Zealand for Christmas. I would like to see my sister in Arizona. I would like to see my mm. friends and family in Minnesota. And honestly, I would just like to go on vacation somewhere. Oh, my God. I, I would I, love to go to a beach anywhere. Yes. Like, I don't care if it's a lake, if it's an ocean, if it's a river, if it's yes. a stream, like a bank. Yes. Like can we just go somewhere can we just where run we lay to the in beach? our bikinis and people bring us drinks and we leave them very large tips? Yes. Can we just do yes, that? Yes. Yes. Yes, please. Yes. Yes. Julia, we want to go all the places. <laughs> it's true. All right. This, uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this name right. Lisan or Lisan writes, what non-self-help book are you currently or recently reading for fun? I just started reading Surviving My Birthright by Casey Hammer. Kristen, this is about the Hammer family. Uh, Army Hammer is a part of it. Oh, Casey I you were Hammer. Say MC Hammer. Casey Hammer is Army <laughs> Hammer's aunt, and she oh. writes all about the insane family history of the Hammer family, which is, uh, you know, sort of a Vanderbilt-type family, like very old money. Yeah, all those Gilded Age robber barons, trouble. Yeah, so she wrote this tell-all that's sort of like recirculating uh, and become kind of popular now. So, of course, I had to sneak a peek. What about you? What are you reading? I love that you named a nonfiction book because the most recent book that I devoured was also nonfiction. It's called Come Fly With Me, The Jet Age Story of the Women of Pan Am by Julia Cook. And how did I get this book? Because I'm a member of the Literati Book Club, which is a sponsor of our show. And in the Literati Book Club, you get to choose a curator for the books that you receive in the book club. And my curator is Malala. And Malala's first book in the book club was Come Fly the World. 
And it is so good. It is so good. I bet there's some juice in there. I bet it was oh. wild. Oh, it's so good. And especially me as somebody who, when I was a little kid, I dreamed of being a flight attendant. I just thought it was the most glamorous job in the world. All of the flight attendants I'd ever seen could speak multiple languages. They always looked really pretty and put together. They were so nice to everyone. They got to talk with strangers all day, which is like one of my dreams. And I thought, oh man, I need to be a flight attendant. And they got to see the world. And when I was growing up, and I think it's still the case. Three-fourths of Americans had never left the country, mm. and flight attendants got to go everywhere. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great book. I loved it. I just finished it last week. It was so good. Wow. Now I want to read that after my book. <laughs> uh, um, next question is from Angie, who says, do you wear any kind of makeup daily just for yourself? Uh, yes, Every single day, unless I'm living by a book that tells me not to. Uh, I love makeup. I usually, most days, wear my lipstick, which Jolenta's pointed out is like lacquer. It does not come off. She often has it on in our Zooms. (laughs) I usually wear a little bit of rouge or blush on the apples of my cheeks, which is where I naturally blush anyway. So it just brings out those apples of my cheeks. Uh, I also always like to wear either a mascara or an eyeliner, but only on the top lid. I don't like that lower lid stuff. Not into it. I also got to say, I really don't like contouring. I'm not into that. Yeah, she's always been shit-talking contouring. Yeah, oh, I just don't like it. I think it looks weird up close. It's here to stay, Kristen, and I love it. I think it looks fine in some I can make my nose different shapes. (laughs) I just feel like when I'm up close next to a person who's contoured, it looks a little bit like... I can see your contouring, but, you know, it's not my thing. It's not my thing. But I love makeup. I grew up in a makeup family. The ladies mm-hmm. in my family really went all the way with the makeup. They were more Dolly Parton level. Like, yeah, first same. I'm going to put on a primer. Then I'm going to put on a foundation. Then I'm going to put on a concealer. Then I'm going to put on a powder. Then yep. I'm going to put on a finishing spray. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to put on all of the colors. Then I'm going to put on another finishing spray. Yeah, you so finish the women in my family did it. Yes, exactly. Right. No, my mom <laughs> is an esthetician. Like, <laughs> I grew up very similarly. Uh, but I have not been wearing makeup daily for myself other than, like, serums. Well, serums, I got to say, Jolenta, I love them, but they're not really makeup. No, That's I more know. That's skincare, right? um, Whenever I do a session, like, or have to Zoom, I do use um, an eyebrow filler because, <laughs> because of my lupus rash or swelling. I have, like, a chunk of an eyebrow missing currently, so I do fill that in in order to not scare the people I'm talking to. I never noticed that, Jolenta. As for her, I can't even see. Yeah. because You're so good at it. You're still, so good at doing that eyebrow, I can't even tell. Plus, I'm in a closet with bad lighting. Like, you can't see that well. <laughs> Let's move on to a question for you, Kristen. This question is from Claire. Claire says, where do you stand on the name choice of Lilibet for Meghan and Harry's new baby? And what are you hoping the Sussexes will do next? Well, I think Lilibet is adorable. I was placing my bets on Elizabeth, and so I wasn't totally wrong. So I feel, like, vindicated. Like, I did win the bets, sort of. When I feel I like a name. sucker for being in the Diana camp. Like, yeah. it's, it's such a middle name, obviously. <laughs> now, it now 2020, you know, hindsight, but. <laughs> well, I thought that it would be Elizabeth because Archwell, which is the name of their foundation, I thought they would get the E-L in there because they already have mm. Archie. So I thought. Oh, right. Be, so then it can like be such a. Yes. Yeah, so both their kids would be repped in their foundation. But, you know, Lilibet, it's kind of in there. It right? counts. It counts. Um, what are you hoping they do next? 
Uh, as far as what I hope they do next, what I really would love for them to do, and they are never, ever, ever going to do it, I would love it if they were consultants on a Lifetime made-for-TV miniseries all about them and where we got to see some of the tea spilled, where it would have all mm. the delicious things I like about made-for-TV celebrity exposés, like the behind-the-scenes TLC one or the behind-the-scenes Jackson 5 one, but for it all to be about these two, but for there to be real juicy details. They're never going to do it, but wouldn't you watch that, Jolenta? Oh, totally. For sure. In a heartbeat. All right. Let's get to this question for you from I apologize, I might be pronouncing this wrong, Rukaseha, Rukaseha, who says, Jolenta, who are your top five favorite housewives and your top five least favorite housewives? Also, what are your top three housewife franchises? Okay, top five favorite housewives. We've got Portia Williams, Candy Burris. We've got Sonia Morgan. <gasps> Sonia? I love Sonia. Uh, Leah McSweeney, I also love, even though she's going off the deep end a little bit. I really see myself in her. She's a new addition to New York, Kristen. You wouldn't know her. And for my final one, for some reason, Shannon Bador keeps popping into my head. I don't love her as a person, but I feel like she's a bedrock to OC right now. So, like, she's necessary. For So, for some reason, I love her for that. Least favorites? I was oh. going to say, I'm a tiny bit hurt you didn't mention the Countess. I know. My mom recently told me I give the Countess, like, too much leeway. So, I'm trying to, like, pull back a bit. Got it. Okay, I understand. I just feel personally attached to her because we lived by her book and she's been on the show. I love her, but my mom's like, you, like, give the Countess way too many passes. <laughs> so, I'm trying to, like, step back for a second. Least favorite housewives? Yes. Oh, who are my least favorite house? Bethany Frankel. Bethany Ramona. Bethany Ramona. I have to say I'm finding Kenya extremely mean lately. So she's, you know, fallen out of favor. And who else? I have two more. I'm kind of done with the Grand Dame of Potomac. (laughs) And... Let's say for my last one, um, Tamra. Never really been that big of a fan. Mm. What are my top three franchises? I have to say Atlanta, Potomac, New York. Ooh, you didn't even pause with those. No. You're all Easy East piece. Coast all the way. All yeah, East pa- Coast. I'm surprised. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Who knew? All right, we have to take one more quick break, but when we're back, we'll announce the debut book of season nine. So stay with us. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. 
having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. Hey everyone, we're back and it is that magic moment. The moment when we announce the first book we're living by in season nine of the show. Mm -hmm. Reminder, in season nine, we'll be living exclusively by books that all of you out there voted for us to live by. So, Jolenta, let's do it. Yes, let's do it. The first book is... Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle by Amelia Nagoski and Emily Nagoski. Is the stress cycle the same as the spin cycle on my washing machine? Will unlocking it require like a key card at a hotel or more of your standard metal door key? And if it's really a secret, shouldn't they be keeping it to themselves? Mm. Listen next week to find out. And that's it for this by the book bonus episode. Thank you to our amazing, amazing production team at Stitcher. I hope they all join a good bolt. Uh, <laughs> thank you to Brandon Nix, Corinne Wallace, Daisy Rosario, and Andy Christens. Thanks also to Nate Wyda, who composed our theme song, and of course, the Rizzos, who performed the theme song. Please stay in touch. Send us any questions or suggestions for future books for us to live by. Our email address is kristenangelenta at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at ByTheBookPod or follow us on Instagram at ByTheBookPod. And of course, you can leave us a voice message with your beautiful voices. What is our phone number, Jolenta? It's 302-49-BOOKS. That's 302-492-6657. And if you have not yet done so already, please rate us five stars in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It helps other people to find the show. And if you haven't already, tell a friend about the show. Tell your cult leader about the show. Tell your fellow cult members about the show. Until next time, I'm Jalanta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.